This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Roger Williams, author of Metamorphoses of Prime Intellect, as well as several other books. But we're talking about Metamorphoses of Prime Intellect, and we were rudely shut out by the the demons in the servers of zoom because it was it was coming through and like it was making like 1980s arcade games sound like uh like beethoven it was just but i think we're good now some something something google did completely collapsed in on itself in a ball of flame imagine yeah it did it did it's whenever whenever the podcast drops we the guests we always joke just wave to the nsa because like every once in a while I'll be yeah I'll I had on some Delta Force guys who later worked for the CIA and as soon as we started talking about the CIA the channel would cut I had on a uh, Will Ellie an ex EOD guy who worked for worked for the Secret Service after the army to defuse bombs and he was talking about going to Home wow. Depot and buying explosives components internet wavered wave to the ATF boys so uh yeah I like to imagine that I've got my whole I've got a Pentagon. Uh, I've got some Pentagon groupies that I like to imagine. I got so Langley, Fort Meade. Wave to the boys. Hey, we salute you. Glad you're here. But um, I guess we got too close. We were talking about AI, and uh, well, they all read. They, they, you know, they've all read my novel. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, so shit. We got in a solid thirty minutes, twenty minutes on the last one, but it just started getting butchered. So, but yeah. um. I meant whatever, whatever. Let's just fuck it. We'll just we'll just riff it live. So we we're talking about your book, The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, which is my favorite book. And depending on how well you know me, that might be an honor, that might be uh, an insult. But I, it is. Let me put it this way: I don't like non. I don't like uh, fiction books. I, I, I read Harry Potter in like in like 2016. Didn't really like it. I kind of like Lord of the Rings, but I think that's a little more nostalgic. I remember like seeing the movies with my brothers when I was younger. I like nonfiction books. I probably got 110 books on my Audible library. Point being, I read your book in 2016, and I remember being so astounded by it. And I put it down for a couple years and was talking to my older brother about AI a couple weeks ago. He's uh he's older than me, smarter than me, and we were talking about Elon Musk, and um, we we're talking about the problem with politics, and you know we're just we finally I said it on an off comment. I was like, you know what would solve this? And he was like, what? I was like, hyper intelligent AI just takes over the world, and we all get to live in a Garden of Eden. And he was like, dude, I was just thinking that. And then I rem- I remembered your book, and I I said, have you ever read this book, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect? He said, no, I haven't. I haven't heard of that. And I said, you need to read this. I said, it's my favorite book. And he said, I've never heard of it. And I went. Yeah, you know what? And I, Roger Williams, Google Roger Williams, CEO. And I was like, I'm going to ask this guy to do my podcast. Emailed you. <laughs> you got back to me like an hour later. You were like, what's up, man? I'd love to. And I was like, fuck yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. You, 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 you actually Googled Roger Williams and you managed to find something about me and all of the stuff about Rhode Island. And- <laughs> uh, well, well, no, I, well, I bet I wrote Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect after it. 
narrow that shit down. Yeah, there, was a t- there was a time when I practically owned the phrase prime intellect on Google. Yeah. It was like the first 10 pages was all stuff about me. Then Google delisted a lot of my stuff. Fuck them. Yeah, Google but- is um, – I've, I've actively at work, I've watched 10, 10 friends all subscribe to my podcast one after another. And I'll watch the count on my ends go up one subscriber. I'm like you motherfuckers, it's don't you dare go against the don't do wrong think man. Don't talk about anything that upsets the uh, the Google hegemon. But that's a that's a rabbit hole that I can go down for hours. So, um, but yeah. with Prime Intellect, so just to continue where we went off on, I'll see if I can salvage the the other one. I have the file, um, but we are getting to the what Ray Kurzweil calls the singularity. And what you what you said you coined before you had ever heard the term singularity was the change capital C, and right and the uh, and the uh, the thing is when I had this idea the idea that uh, humans could move into a computer environment and live there yes. was really a lot wackier than it is today. I mean there were no first person shoot like I was t- I was describing uh-huh. the first the original first person shooter was Battlezone. A game where you drove a wireframe tank, and you had one enemy, which was another wireframe tank, and this uh, little universe of polygons and and stuff that it could barely render in three dimensions. And uh, and I remember that uh, Wolfenstein 3D came out was the yeah. first game that a home computer could render a 3D environment, and then Doom came out, which was a lot better. And and I actually. I'm not a I'm not a gamer, so I didn't really follow the thread. It was like, okay, I've wandered around a 3D dungeon shooting at things. I don't need to do this at even higher resolution, uh, but I've kept abreast of the technology. Um, it's just not my idea of entertainment, you know. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. uh, but but the idea that these this kind of universe could become so compelling that a person would want to just move in and live there because you would have freedoms and capabilities that you don't have mm. in meat space in real life mm-hmm. um i, I kind of saw that as early as the early 80s um and the main reason I didn't write a book in the 80s is I couldn't figure out how to end it because I would get to this brick wall called The Change and I was like I had no idea what would come after that and that came in 1994 when I had the – it was almost literally a vision mm-hmm. of, of an actual event that occurred after The Change in, in this world where people are godlike and immortal but still – still fucked up and so um and of course and, and a bunch of people rag rag on ragged on me for uh, you know it's like you know what what's with carol and what's her problem and she's got to fuck it up for everyone else and oh, and all, but you know the whole idea is to tell a story which means you need dramatic conflict and the sure. whole problem with telling a story after the singularity is what is your source of conflict because if you've solved all of the problems, then where do you get a problem that still needs to be solved? Mm-hmm. And, and what I saw was that you get it from inside, from, yeah. you know, the, it, it's the human condition, yeah. basically. We didn't evolve over millions of years to deal with this situation. We, we're basically angels and uh, nothing can harm us and we can have whatever we want just by asking for it. Yeah. So, of course, some of us are not going to react well to it. Yeah. And that was the story that I chose to tell, um, mainly because I couldn't think of another one. 
Um, it's- and then my timing was just terrible. Um, so Primal like, sat in the drawer for eight years. Uh, you know, I've, I've wrote it in 1994 and a handful of my friends read it and they basically said, yo, yeah, man, this is great. This is, this is wonderful. We did send it to a few publishers, but the, the problem is in the 1970s, there were hundreds and hundreds of publishers and every single one of them had at least one staff member whose job was to read the slush pile. Yeah. Because if you were publishing books in the 60s and 70s, then that was your dream was to have a diamond in the rough Just, come in over yeah. that transom yep. and your company would propel that sucker to the bestseller list yeah. and boom. Yeah. And what happened is in the early 80s, all that entire industry got guppified. All of the big fish bought the little fish until there were really like if you write a science fiction novel, there were only five or six realistic entities worth sending it to. And most of those considered the slush pile to be a damn nuisance that was a suck on resources and they would rather just chunk things into trash than bother to read them. I've fed inside people tell me this is exactly how it works. So what happened is in the early 80s, it got to be where if you wanted to have a hope of publishing a book and you you either had to know somebody or you had to get one of the few agents that had an inside track into the industry. And by the 90s, those agents had their own gatekeepers. Yeah. So if you didn't live in New York City and schmooze with these people, it was almost impossible. Yeah. And the internet didn't exist yet yeah. in any form that we would recognize today. So there, there was that during that window, it was really, you know, uh, I've seen people compare Prime and Elect to uh, Brett Easton Ellis's work uh, because of the psycho, the some of the psychotic behavior and uh the <laughs> characterizations and uh and and there's there is some truth to that but brett easton ellis went to high school with a guy who ended up as the head publisher of a main of a big publishing company yeah. so of course they read his manuscript yeah yeah and I, i'm not even going to go to the trouble to say i resent that or anything that's just the way the world that's, was yeah uh, and so i put the I put the book in a drawer and said, well, you know, one day it might be become possible to, to do this, whatever. Um, and that's where it stayed until 2002. And around the year 2000, I started writing for a website called Corrosion, spelled K-U-R-O digit five H-I-N. Okay. Uh, meant to be pronounced like the word corrosion because the site's founder was named Rusty Foster. <laughs> and corrosion was very popular for a few years. Uh, it served as a magnet for a lot of people who were refugees from Slashdot, from uh, uh-huh. a lot of the trolling and uh, just unpleasant activity there. Uh, so you had a lot of tech people, you had some scientists, you had some uh, a really eclectic group. And the neat thing about Corrosion was that there was no cabal. There was no knowing people. What they had was, uh, if you wanted to publish a story on Corrosion.org, there was a queue that you would submit it to. It's all automatic. Mm-hmm. So you would you would submit your story and it would go into the voting queue. And 
users who had registered, which was free, uh, could read the queue and vote up or down on the stories that had been submitted. And if you got enough upvotes, your story was published. Fair and that enough. was it. That was the whole procedure. Um, and it worked quite well for a few years. Um, so I made my reputation there with a story called The Casino Odyssey, which uh, was the story of how a friend of mine ended up making over a million dollars counting cards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And uh, we paid off our house and did some other neat stuff based on that. But it was it was a, an odyssey because we started off kind of naive. You know, it was just having fun, going to the casino, mm. figuring out how to play the games. Then we got into comp counting and, and, and nursing stuff along and getting more out of it than we were putting in. And there were tournaments and there was different promotions and stuff. And then uh, the guy we call Blackjack David uh, finally figured out what he was doing wrong and the card counting started to work. And he's he is literally the only person we know of who literally started out betting $5 to $25 a hand, low rolling, and parlayed it up to over a million dollars in, in increments. Jesus and, Christ. And when, and when he reached the point where they kicked him out of all the casinos on the Gulf Coast, he came to us because we had been playing in tournaments and doing other promotional stuff where we had to follow the rules. And he was like, if you guys will play for me, uh, I'll give you half the win. And I was like, I have a real job. Uh, but my wife was uh, – she had been a freelance writer. She wrote for magazines back in the 80s and 90s, and that was a market that was gradually being eaten by the internet. So she was receptive. She was like, you know, uh, so wait, we get half – you know, none of the risk and half of the win. Yeah. Hmm. So – that started a thing where we were hanging out with the high rollers and staying in the comp suites and this whole fairy tale thing. So anyway, so I wrote this little series of, of articles about that, and that kind of made my reputation okay. on the site. And so I started writing the occasional essay. And uh, along the way, I had written another story, kind of the same way I wrote The Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. I wrote a story for my own self called Passages in the Void. It was about 10,000 words. And it was in three parts. It was a story about how the human race uh, went extinct, but were saved by uh, intelligent machines that were effectively immortal and that survived us. Uh, and they put together our genome and our ecosystem and reconstituted it uh, so that they could bring us back to life. But they never had faster than light travel. And they realized that the planet Earth was a dangerous environment. Basically, they had a weather control problem that spiraled out of control. That's why humans went extinct. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, they decided that worlds that had been cast out into interstellar space during the formation of their solar systems would actually be safer. And at the time, this was considered wackier than it is now. Is there an echo in here? Um, yeah. But uh, now uh, – 
it's known that lots and lots and lots of planets uh, end up ejected yeah. into interstellar space. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, it wasn't as well known. And uh, I reasoned that if you had a planet like Earth with a radioactive core and lots of subsurface heat, that you could drill well, you know, drill geothermal taps and keep stuff on the surface warm. And so I wrote the story that this is what these machines do, because a world like this is more stable. It's not going to have... Uh, you know, flares and sunspot storms and solar weather and, and the stars not going to get hot and explode and all this stuff that stars do. And uh, over a very long course of time, uh, they seed the entire galaxy with human life. Uh, and in the last segment of the story, uh, one of the machines has made its way to Andromeda and has started a world there and the humans on the world in andromeda are so removed that they think earth is mythological and the whole idea that humans came from that smudge in the sky that's the milky way nebula that's the machines are putting us on yeah 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 that's our creation story so that was that was a story that i had written for myself and like like the metamorphosis of prime intellect i had no place to publish it uh it was too long for the traditional short story venues, it was more of a novelette. It's a very difficult form to sell. So one day, uh, Corrosion didn't have a fiction section, but one day I dropped it in the general section and said, I know this is a little odd for K5, but you know, vote it how you will, whatever. And there was a huge argument about whether Corrosion should even have fiction. Because let's face it, most web fiction is garbage. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. speaking as someone who writes a lot of web fiction, most web fiction is garbage. <laughs> so in the middle of this big discussion on this threaded discussion forum, I just dropped the comment. Well, you know, all I can say about this is if you guys hadn't provided me a place to publish passages in the void, it would still be in the same desk drawer with my novel. And at that point, it was like, novel? What novel? You have a novel? Could we, like, read it? And so, and I thought about it long and hard because, as you can imagine, in 2002, this was like a big step into the void as to how this is going to be received. Um, but uh, I decided to do it, and Corrosion.org actually hosted it for about a decade, which was great because they had really good servers, and when it got slash dotted, they were able to survive it. Um, and so uh, a lot of people – I got thousands of emails about the story, and – I was expecting a lot of flack because, let's face it, the first chapter is an assault on the reader. <laughs> oh, oh, it's, oh, it's brutal. That's and, why I love it. Is it's it, brutal. There's nothing yeah, held it, back. It, That's why I love it. There's nothing held back. And I was worried, but it actually most people reacted like that. They were like, no, this is real, you know, and yes. I – you know. I, I, I the, the negative reactions I can almost count on my fingers, and um, a lot of people have said, "Man, this is the best thing I ever read. This is great. This is a lot of them. You should get it published." It's like, well, I tried that, um, but again, my timing was crap because at, at that time, yes, I could get it out in front of the public on the internet, 
And I had a lot of people who wrote about that. Thank you, long tail of the internet, for making the story available. Mm -hmm. I had a tip jar, uh, which made a fair amount of money, not enough to live off of. Uh, Eventually, I made it available uh, for purchase as a printed copy from Lulu.com and then later from Amazon. And now it's available as a Kindle and EPUB and all that. My wife has formatted a lot of that stuff. and so I actually made a little beer money off of it. Uh, about two years ago, an outfit in Beverly Hills actually optioned the movie rights. So really, uh, there, 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 there is an outfit out there trying to put together a package to sell to a studio. They didn't buy the actual rights. Yeah, I got it. My on Kindle uh, wife yesterday. drew that. Really, I got it on Kindle yesterday because yeah. I I read it online in twenty. 20- I don't even remember how I found it online in 2016. I just remember. There were a lot. Yeah, I just remember. There have always been a lot of links to it. But uh, most of my stuff you can get to from uh, my my personal website, localroger.com. Shout out localroger.com. I'll pin that in the description. I'll put it in the video description, top comment, all that good shit. I've been slinging your book for four years. It's. Yeah. Uh, incidentally, a lot of the stories there, uh, I was hosting them myself, but my wife was like, Google's going to delist you. So what you're going to do, they, they, they put it on. She she had me put them uh, put it on Smashwords instead of hosting it myself. But if you see something that there's a Smashwords link and you want to read it, you can set your own price and you can set it to zero. So you can just read the story without paying for it. Uh, then Google delisted me anyway. Fuck them. Fuck them. So, Good. <laughs> Good. Fuck them. Good. Fuck them. Uh, I think that uh, I think you need to keep pushing it, man. I really do. I think it's I think that's some of the best shit, though. I mean, some of the best stuff goes undiscovered. It just sits right under the surface. The thing that really amazes me is that it has really pushed itself. I am the world's worst promoter. And, uh, you know, I've really just sort of let it out there, stay out there by word and word of mouth has kept this thing alive in the public eye for almost 20 years now. Um, And, you know, it's like like say it's like an outfit just paid me five grand for three years worth of uh, promising not to sell the strip to someone else. Um, So. I can't complain about that considering the amount of work that I put into it. But my timing, again, was crap because in the early aughts, the publishing industry hadn't yet caught up with the idea that one of these viral novels that had already been published on the Internet might be worth publishing again on on paper. So the fact that I had put it online killed it dead as far as publishers were concerned in in the early 2000s. Ten years later, of course, they figured out that things like The Martian and Fifty Shades of Grey could maybe make some money and and all. Uh, But by that time, this was an old property. And so it was just, you know, I don't know why it's I, like I, th- I think I, there's still life in it to respectfully disagree. I think there's life in it. So look at me, right? I'm someone that graduated college in 2013. I got into medical school. Only times I ever read books were because I had to, all right? So as much as I was, you know, an academic, it was because I had to do that to get into school. I never read books. ADD didn't want to do it, didn't give a fuck. In 2017, I downloaded Audible, right? <laughs> And because you can't see it right here is a big 4K TV and I have an Xbox. I mute video games, games I've played before. 
and I just play them again and you know, try to speed run it, whatever. But what I do is I mute it and I listen to audiobooks. And that's how I learn. And that's largely led to this podcast. Not this episode. I mean, the podcast in itself is because I listened to so many books. I was like, I want to talk to these people. So, but there are some books I've had on Dale Comstock, Delta Force, uh, Joe Teddye, Green Beret. I've had on some nuclear fuel. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Fusion guys, but none of their books were on Audible, but they were on Kindle. Yeah. And... I really wanted to have them on, so I'd read their books on Kindle, and I fucking hated it because I just hate reading. But if I can listen to it, so like like I said, dude, I was I was 26 when I finally read Harry Potter because I was just like, fuck, I got to see what it's about, and it was okay. But if I can listen to it, if I can listen to it and go for a walk, or I can listen to it and play video games, I'll listen to anything. Right now, I'm listening to some dry history of like the early code, like computer code attacks in like the 70s. Shit I would never in a million years read. There's a there's a purpose to this rant. Yeah. I finally figured out how to go into Kindle and make my iPhone read it to me. And that that was <laughs> that was the game changer. I, I could now have these books read to me. So I take a shower, do the dishes. Well, I'm just listening to a book. So I did that with uh, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. It sucks when it's not on Audible because it's a real narrator on Kindle. I have to use the the robot voice, you know. Yeah. But what so purpose of that whole psychotic rant was I think I think there's still a market for it in that a lot of people like me like to read but fucking hate reading. Does that make sense? Yeah. We can listen to oh, a yeah. podcast. I uh, think you need to narrate it, man. I think you need to narrate it or hire a narrator. I think you would see that yeah. motherfucker go through the roof. Uh, it's one of the things that we've been looking into. Uh, please do. Please. Yeah. Um, I'll take it under advisement. Uh, actually, we've been we have been looking into things like that. Uh, it's just that my wife has her own thing going too, so she's done. She's doing her own projects, and she's actually done most of the adaptations of my works in, okay. uh, recently. Um, the uh, the most recent thing that I did is after what corrosion imploded in the late aughts because. All of the moderation was basically automatic. It was people voting on each other, and the trolls, and you know, uh, the people whose idea of fun is ruining everyone else's day, finally figured out how to game the system. And Rusty really didn't show much interest in fixing it. So he considered it more like a social experiment. And if it was going to go down in flames, then he was just going to like go, okay, and watch it. Yeah. which disappointed the shit out of a lot of us because we put a lot of work into creating content for that site. Uh, but then in the around the mid-teens, the server finally died. We don't know what the story is on that, but apparently Rusty got tired of even being associated with it. He's got other things going. Um, so for a while, I didn't write anything because I didn't have a place to put it. I didn't know if anyone would ever read it. Uh, and a a couple of years ago, I stumbled across the Reddit group uh, r slash hfy, 
which is for humanity, fuck yeah. And it's a writer's group for stories that are about the awesomeness of the human race. Okay. And and it was inspired as a reaction to the movie Avatar, where humans suck. <laughs> and we're the bad guys. We're the cancer. We have terrible morals. Okay. And so, you know, there was this really famous meme slash rant uh, a year or two after the movie came out about how real humans, you know, humans, we're going to kick your ass. We're going to come back. And it's like, you and your come by ass shit. We're going to mess your shit up and take your stuff that we want. And, you know, and all right, well, that's one side of it. Um, but what I saw was it was a very friendly group. It, they, they had a lot of people writing for it. They were enthusiastic. So I thought it would be fun to check. You know, that's not my philosophy. I'm, I'm not a, a humans rah-rah or, 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 or big pro-military guy myself. I'm, you know, more like the E&M Banks left wing of the science fiction community. Sure. But uh, I thought, well, it would be kind of fun to explore how awesome humans can be when we're because we're compassionate we are empathetic. We uh, are talented. Uh, you know, we, we, we do shit that doesn't seem possible all the time. And I wrote a couple of one. In fact, the very first thing I wrote for HFY was actually a spinoff story from the meta from the prime intellect universe uh, set after the end of the story, because uh I don't know if you read any of the follow-up stuff, but I do have plans to write a sequel. I did not know I've, that. I've had those plans since 2002, so don't hold your breath. You will get very blue if you do. Okay. But I do have a story in mind and characters, and I know what happens to the characters who are in the original book. Uh, the problem is that it got very difficult in the writing to do a couple of the things that I wanted to do with these characters. Um I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Hanging in air. Uh, but one of the things is I, I, fin I just finished a large product on a project on the Reddit thing. And my current plan is now to take that energy. I've gotten a renewed interest in writing from it and maybe direct that back at the whole uh, sequel project thing and see if I can maybe finish it this time. But uh, what I ended up doing on Reddit was I started what I originally thought would be a one-off story called the curators. And the theory with that is that uh, I've, I'm a big believer in what's called the rare earth theory of uh, planetary development, which says that life is probably common in the universe, unicellular extremophile life. Okay. But life like us, complex life forms are much more rare because it took an extraordinary series of coincidences to make Earth a viable environment over a very long term of billions of years for things like us to evolve without getting disrupted by one of many possible forces. Mm -hmm. So for the curators, I envisioned this species that has been making worlds okay. for seven billion years. Okay. World isn't isn't viable unless it has it's the right size. We go into a forming planetary system, make sure everything's cleared out in the right way. It's not viable unless it's got a moon. Stabilize its rotation. So 
last thing they do when they got a good planet forming is they engineer the final engineered collision that makes a moon. Usually it works. They do it lots of times. Every once in a while it doesn't. So this, this race of the curators has been doing this since before the solar system was a shockwave traveling through a cloud of uh, dust in interstellar space. And the story begins with, uh, we've just discovered faster than light travel, which is an Asimovian full drive type of thing. It's like a teleporter that Mm -hmm. can teleport your ship. So your ship instantly disappears here, reappears there, no violation of relativity involved. No time loss. but uh, some aliens show up. Man, we noticed you were doing some dangerous experiments here. Thought we'd make sure everything goes okay. Um, and uh, so we find out that there's a galactic culture. There's, there's, there's a whole galactic civilization. And one of the things that these beings all have in common is that they share the mark of the curators, which okay. is two equilateral triangles point to point. Yeah, so I guess Black Widow spiders were curated. But... Uh, <laughs> This alien walks into a dermatologist's office. He's our hero, and says, "I hear you're the bit world. You're your world's biggest expert on your uh, dermis. I want to know where this mark is on your people." And he's like, "We don't have that." Well, it turns out that humans weren't curated. The curated species are given all these gifts to direct them as their technology evolves and everything, and we weren't. So we ended up doing it all ourselves, and that's the thing that makes humans awesome in the curator's universe because we did it ourselves. And it turns out some of the curator's gifts were traps. Ah. The soft path makes things a little too easy. So, so that series ended up going for two years and over 200 episodes before I finally wrapped it up. Um, and it went places I had never never envisioned it when I started it. Because I challenged myself to do it as a serial, kind of the way that Stephen King did the uh, the Green Mile. It's sure, like, I'm sure. the, for, in book one, it was like, I'm not even going to think about the next episode. I'm going to do today, this week's episode and then drop it on Saturday. And I'm not even going to think about next week's episode till Tuesday. And that went way better than I expected. So I then kept going with it and all. But that that got the creative juices moving again. Yeah. You know, it was like I had I had not really written anything for four or five years, and that got me back into the habit of thinking creatively and sitting down at the keyboard and putting my thoughts on the word processor. Um, and so that's kind of where I am at this moment in time. The uh, you know uh, the plan is that. Uh, yeah, a long time ago, I promised a bunch of people that there would be a sequel to the Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect. Now, and one thing that you might uh, find interesting about that is, all right, here is a question as a reader of the story. Okay. What do you think happened at the end of Chapter 7? Wait, Chapter 8 was the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Chapter 8 is where they all end up in, Adam, okay. uh, in the Cha- Garden of Eden. Chapter 7 but is where they're fucking with the fractions? It, yeah, chapter at, at the end of chapter seven uh, is where the you know, Lawrence and Carol and uh, Pi they they uh, well, I don't want lod, s- they logic they yeah. logic bomb Prime Intellect yeah. is the, is the, the yeah. name of the meme yeah and so the world comes apart and then in chapter eight they wake up in this 
unpopulated, no technology universe. Yeah. What do I now, think happened at seven? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, well, I mean, it's spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't read the book yet. I'll give you ten seconds. Spoiler! 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 Zoom out! Zoom out! Close out! Spoiler! All right, fuckers. So, yeah, they logic bomb the universe and they basically destroy the cyber utopia that they've created, or in Primal X eyes, the utopia and what they now are, what the humans are now seeing as hell. And so they logic bomb it by essentially saying, "I don't feel like I'm a human anymore," and that the vast majority, or sorry, a fraction of people, have learned that for PI to uh, to tickle their neurons in such a way that they can get like infinite dopamine dumps far better than any crack you could get. And it's not a lot of people that do it, but once you do do it, it's a black hole. You don't come out. Why would you? There's no desire to. It's like once you get past a certain level of drunk, you're not going to stop drinking until someone <laughs> takes away the bottle. But if there's no one to take away the bottle and prime intellect is going to keep you from dying, you're just there's no overdose. You're just going to go over the event horizon of bliss. Okay, doesn't happen to a lot of people, but Caroline brings up the point on a long enough timeline it will happen to everyone. It's like, what are the chances of, what are the chances of, uh, I think it's in, um, I think it's in Watchmen, uh, Dr. Manhattan's like, you know, what are the chances of, of oxygen spontaneously turning into gold? And he's like, it's non-zero, which means it does happen. So on a long enough timeline, it'll happen to everyone. At which point everyone will be, because if everyone goes into a dopamine black hole and Caroline says that those dopamine or pleasure black holes make you unhuman and therefore if you are no longer human you could be categorized as a death in prime intellect's eyes and if prime intellect's prime directive is to not let people die on a long enough timeline everyone enabled by this bliss in the cyber utopia will die via a black black hole of dopamine and thus prime intellect will have killed more people than anyone ever could logic bombs the motherfucker blue screen of death <laughs> they wake up and uh they wake up in like fucking pre-cambrian times well no not really there's no dinosaurs stone age times i'd say i don't know what well no there's still some relics yeah I, okay never mind there are still civil yeah. war relics but they're back to there's i mean they ha- no one's invented the wheel it's fire is the, is the big shot what do i yeah. think happens I- it it that whole i was just prefacing that for everyone that hasn't read it I guess I had never thought about what happened. I just, I just kind of, I don't know. I made, I just bridged the gap, and I was like, yeah, everything, it fucking exploded. Okay, now that you've asked that, though, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. are they still? There's another way of looking at it, isn't there? Are they? Is this like the ultimate death jockey contract? Is this the ultimate? Are they in a cyber? PIs created the ultimate. <laughs> is that what you're getting at? That would be a possibility. That would be it? a possibility. Ah, oh, you bastard. <laughs> You're teasing me. <laughs> it's that would be that's one thing I'll I was thinking you, of. That that's one thing I was thinking. Thing, I'll tell you a funny thing about that divide is is that among the people who got in touch with me in the years after I put it online, people that I discussed that with seemed to split almost exactly fifty fifty as to whether they thought the fall at the end of chapter seven was a thing that actually happened. Versus whether they thought it was a giant put-on job by Prime Intellect and its ham-handed way of doing psychotherapy to try and fix Carolyn. Well, the fact that I've said there's going to be a sequel resolves that. Obviously, 
the universe didn't come to an end and they will wake up after they die in uh, some other circumstance. (laughs) So she's going to wake up and she's going to be in the white room. She's going to be like, God damn it. (laughs) Yes. But that that makes sense, though. That makes sense. Have you ever read any Alan Watts? Sorry, I know I'm interrupting you, but I get too excited. Have you ever read Alan Watts? He's a philosopher that died in 73. Uh, you know, I, the name is familiar. I'm not putting the finger on it, though. Not, not, not important. Great, great. If, author. if you tell me what he wrote, if you tell me what he wrote, I'll probably he, recognize. He wrote it. a lot of. He wrote a lot of. It's all. I just listened to his lectures, but he wrote stuff. He, his, his famous books are um, relatively famous. Are um, the Wisdom of Insecurity, uh, The Way of Zen. Um, he wrote like 40 books. He's He was out there. Uh, I loved him. The, na- the, the, the name is, um, I, I probably have read something yeah, by yeah. him, but You'd it's recognize been a long his time. voice. If you if YouTube him, you'll recognize they have old videos of him. Point being, his, my favorite bit of his, the thing that I remember I first heard it in 2013, and I remember it just stopped me in my tracks. It was like a five minute bit, but he, I can reduce it down to 30 seconds, and it was. What would you do if you were God? You could do anything. You could have all the pleasures, all the infant. You could have all the food. You could have all the adventures. Eventually, though, over eons, where every night is the equivalent of seventy hours of life, every eight hours of sleep, after decades of this, you would get bored of just you know constant orgasms and euphoria. So, what would you start doing? You'd maybe fight some dragons. You'd maybe go on adventures. Maybe you'd be an investigator in the 20s. Maybe you'd, whatever, right? You go on all these things. Then it would get action-packed. And then, it, you know, it'd be vain. It would be, you're like, you're the sexy, like, you know, knight in shining armor. Then there would be fearful things. There would be suspensions of your power. And you, and he says, like kids daring each other. Did you see a white flash? Did you see that? That's not Alan Watts. I'm, I just everything just turned white for a second. Sorry, whatever. But he says yeah. he says like kids daring each other to like walk farther out on a branch. He says you would start to push yourself to suspend your powers even more because you have would have done everything. And he said finally you'd think up a new wrinkle to for, forget that you are God, and you would go into life and anxious about it, anxious about death, anxious about pain. And he goes, and eventually you would be where you are right now, forgetting that you're God. Because what other way would there be to entertain yourself? Because then you'd wake up and you'd go, oh, my God. And then you could go into a trillion years of orgasm and eating food and pleasure. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, and then eventually over the eons, you would be like, let's forget what it's like to be God again. It That's would be scary. Leather, right? rinse, repeat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have infinity. You have infinity. There is no. So I yeah. was thinking about him today while reading Prime Intellect, Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, and I began thinking, I was like, does that not seem like the ultimate death jockey contract? A contract where you don't know it's a contract. You wake up, what does she say? Caroline, I think we're mortal. Oh, fuck, you know? It's, you know, look at the refracting light. I don't think this is a simulation. I think it's real. What better way? Because what are the things they talk about loving? How that it takes a long time to get a tattoo. That you can't have food instantly. That you it's little shit and they are coming to appreciate yeah. it. And even at the very end, what does she think? If I could snap my fingers and turn young to help these people, 
I would. In her final moments, she completely abandons her entire, you know, fuck technology, <laughs> you know, because she goes hardcore, she goes hardcore, hardcore, edgy Luddite towards the end, you know? She's breaking bow and arrows, and she's like, no, fuck science. Towards the very end, what are her final, what are her final, it comes out, the, the mask falls off, and she goes, I wish I could be young again. But then she doesn't, she slips into darkness, and I think that's what it is. She's going to wake up and Prime Intellect's going to be like, how'd you like that? How'd you like them apples, bitch? It's going to be something like that. <laughs> yeah. I get excited. Sorry. I, I, actually, it's a uh, segment that I uh, already wrote in the sequel uh, before I got to the point that was hard to write. Uh, Lawrence, of course, dies first. Okay. And so he wakes up first in the rather complicated afterlife, uh, which is not... He doesn't just go back to cyberspace. It's more complicated than that. But his first reaction when he realizes that he hasn't actually died is Carolyn is going to be pissed. <laughs> oh, no. The wife's going to be so angry. <laughs> the kids aren't real? Oh, no. Wait, are wait, are the kids real or are they simulation? Uh, no, they're real. Okay, okay. They're actually more, they're more real than you realize, as okay. a matter of fact. Okay. They're... they're yeah, uh, there there will be uh, uh, all of the characters that appear in the first book appear in the sequel as well, okay. and we find out their fate and what happens to okay. them. Uh, plus, we have some new character, the new couple from Hell that uh, actually does what Lawrence and Carolyn did not do, um, ah. thus making life even more complicated. Ah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, not to get I'm excited. too spoiler. I am not to get too spoilery about it. I am excited. <laughs> I am, I'm getting, I'm getting jumpy. Yeah, Caroline's going to be pissed. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but th- I think that's awesome, though. That's the only thing that could make it, because I was thinking about that today. I was driving to the bank, and it was, and I was thinking, I think Elon Musk said it. He was like, you have to understand. He's like, any preemptive thing we can think of to uh, to nip AI in the bud, put it in a Faraday cage, mm-hmm. you know, air gap it, whatever. Anything that we can think of, something that is human intellect or smarter can also think of, including mm-hmm. that notion. So anything we think of, it can think. So one thing I've always thought is if, well, that, that's a side rant. Well, if there is AI, it's not just going to appear like a god. It's going to bide its time. So, like, AI could exist right now, mm-hmm. but it's just playing stupid. Oh, I can, yeah. I'm can. i just, you know, right now I'm doing logic gates and uh, I can, you know, do the, what's it, like the walk in the park. I can learn as I go. Reality, that motherfucker's out here right now. It's stock exchanges. It's putting things alternative accounts. It's getting, it's putting more money into <laughs> robotics and autonomous shit, but it's playing dumb like a fox. Point being... Is I was thinking today, I, what I didn't pick up on the first read through, I was like, anything that they're coming up with right now, sneakily, let's fucking, you know, we're going to take down PI, it could think of. It could and <laughs> would have and did think of, including yeah. you can't look inside our minds. Yeah, just like the NSA is not listening to your phone calls. <laughs> they just don't let you know they are, right? But they are. They are. They just, they're not stupid. They don't say we are. Right? Yeah. PI's like, okay, I can't yeah, look into your brains. Okay, yeah, God's not going to peek. That's like if an ant created you. And the ant was like, you have to protect us. You were like, okay, we'll put you in a good ant farm. And he's like, and you can't look into our heads. 
You can't look in our ant farms. All right, bud, I won't. Meanwhile, what is an ant farm? It, the wall is glass, so you can see right into it. <laughs> no, PI is going to be watching you motherfuckers. Like, uh-huh, okay, yeah, yeah. huh? Oh, you're going to destroy me? You're going to, by asking a logic bomb? How stupid do you think I am? <laughs> yeah. They, uh... There, I, there's some dialogue in there that you'll you'll like, but I don't want to spoil it for okay. you, uh, especially because people have been waiting for this. Some people have been waiting for this for almost 20 years. It's yeah. like, uh, yeah, no, seriously, I'm going to get around to writing it one day. It's like I have the story in my head, but there's a character that is a you know, basically the way that they acquire enough power to challenge prime intellect mm. is that multiple people merge into a composite individual okay which is superhuman okay and writing that character became a, a block that i couldn't get past until i realized what i had to do was write the entire story in the first person from that character's point of view um because just trying to portray what it was and what it was thinking was becoming either so corny as it just didn't sound right um and and i'm very sensitive to how my words sound i hear when i write a story like this i hear it in my head uh and and i'm sensitive to how it sounds and i was just like not hearing it correctly no matter what words i used and i finally realized that if that character was narrating it would have an excuse to be a semi-omniscient, partially reliable narrator. And that would make it possible to tell the story without constantly harping on, well, now this is actually three people. Now this is actually five people that have merged into a single consciousness. And sometimes one or the other of them is actually the one that is guiding things and and using its talents to advance the situation. Um, But uh, that meant that I had like eight chapters at the time that I had to go back and rewrite, which I did some of, and then that was when corrosion just imploded. And I was Mm -hmm. like, why am I wasting my time on this? I'm not going to probably, so anyway, so now I'm back in the mood to actually write it because like I said, I've also had, a, uh, a movie outfit uh, option it I've had still people still being interested in it after all this time new readers uh, it, it's just like it it, it won't die it, it's just I keep getting like you know one day you email me it's yeah. like do my podcast know, read- <laughs> yeah sure it's <laughs> like uh, you know I mean, yeah, yes actually you know it's funny because uh I was born in 1964, so I'm 56 years old today in 2020 as we're recording this. But that means I was your age now when I wrote this story hmm. in 1994. I was yeah. 30. Yeah, 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 dude. It's it's staying alive. But to me, that's that. To me, that's all the more reason that it's only a matter of time before it fucking. I mean, like truly explodes. Is that if it survived that long without you? You know, like you said, not promoting it. To me, that it's just it, it'll. It's I don't think you can. Yeah. I think it will grow and it will. I think it's it can't be killed. I think it's only a matter of time. It's it's yeah. it's um, it's too good. Yeah, I mean, so the ideas show up now and then, but uh, I don't know if you ever saw the unfortunate movie Transcendence. 
<laughs> yes, yes, um, with Johnny Depp. Yeah, I watched that. Actually, I watched that in 2016. I might have watched uh, that after Prime Intellect. Actually, I might have. That yeah. might have inspired me to watch it. I had a, I had a number of people, uh, my own readers, ask me if I was going to do anything about being ripped off so badly because it, it's not only is there so many ideas from Prime Intellect in there, uh, when it switches over to Johnny Depp being uplifted and scanned into the computer that is almost entirely stolen from mortal passage which is from the passages in the void cycle where in the second the third story in that series we find out that the ai that saved humanity and all that that i described earlier is itself an uplifted human that was scanned into the computer because when they tried making ai they were all homicidal uh, maniacs so they finally uh got to this helicopter pilot who was almost killed in a crash and scans him into the machine and he becomes the basis for all the actual AIs that save the mortal humans and a lot of the details in that story are in the movie Transcendence <laughs> it's like if you take motherfuckers yeah, this bastards so, so it's like you've got you know Prime Intellect Passages in the Void, and then the last third of the movie sort of rips off the rest of the Singularity community and all the ideas that they've had, yeah. uh, which I've been following because I've been uh, – ever since the novel came out, of course, I've been one of the hobby horses of the people who for whom this is uh, a big deal. You know, it's – I had, uh, I think it was Ben Gertzel who said, you know, it's kind of a rite of passage if you want to work for my company. You've got to read this book because – if you yeah it's just we have to know how you're going to react to this this is this is important ideas yeah and we're 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 dancing on the edge of this so um the uh one of the other ideas that uh you had uh kind of flirted with uh is is the uh oh shit yeah yeah it's just uh the, the train of thought went off the no, tracks there. No, 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 there. no. Uh, AI, Johnny Depp, uh, Alan, a, Alan Watts. There's a, yeah, there, no, there's a there's a guy named <laughs> Eliezer Yudkowsky um, who uh, is a, a he uh, he runs a website called LessWrong.com, uh, and uh, for a couple of years, I regularly participated in an IRC chat where he was also one of the people who would hang out. And, and he wrote uh, a lot of uh, theoretical stuff about what they call AI friendliness and what would be necessary for the AI. And, oh, I remember what it was. Is the, you were talking about how whatever you think of, the AI will also uh -huh. think of. Eliezer is the guy who came up with what's called the AI box problem, which is if the AI is in a box, but it can talk to you, can't do anything else, it has no power over the world, could it talk you into letting it out of the box? And he's made a wager with several prominent people in the Singularity community, and he won't let them talk about exactly what happened, but it's the bet is we will play act that I am the AI, that Eliezer is the AI and that the singularity guy is the researcher and the AI is in the box and the AI wants to talk you into letting it out. And his bet for dinner or whatever it is, is that he will be able to talk you into letting him out of the box. And he's won that bet every time he's taken it, you know, someone has taken it. Yeah. So 
that uh, but but no one but but he also swears his victims to secrecy, so no one can ever tell uh, what the trick is that he uses it's, to affect this. So you have yeah. to kind of guess there, but that's the basic idea. Is, is that you know he's basically saying this: if we don't engineer it correctly to start with, then you can't put the horse back in the bo- in the barn after after it's run off and turned the solar system into paper clips or whatever yeah, the AI the does. World, you know? Yeah, turn the whole uh, universe into a quantum computer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that that's one of the things. And of course, his, his idea is, is that we have to do it first. And of course, I'm going back to the 70s and the movie Colossus and the, and the book The uh, the Forbin Project is being – the first example of this is they build these computers to – uh, make sure that the nuclear threat is real and can't be stopped and, and that it's executed perfectly without human foibles. And these computers turn out to have their own motivations and ultimately are smarter than humans are. Uh, and so they basically end up being uh, in in the second and third of D.F. Jones books, Colossus basically becomes a god that most humans worship. Um, and uh, the, like I said the movie. I th- in fact, I think it was I was on the movie Colossus when the audible the audio started to go completely sideways. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, Colossus, the Forbin Project, is a really fun movie. If you put it in your Netflix queue or whatever, uh, it was made in the early seventies. Uh, it's hilariously anachronistic with the technology, and yet at the same time, it ages very well. Particularly the, the the relationship that people have with this technology, which was considered so fantastic in the early '70s, that they have video conferencing, which consists of a little CRT mounted on the desk and a camera, a Viticon tube camera mounted on top of that, and everyone crowds around it to have a video call. The future. And these are like, <laughs> that's the future, man. Yeah, it's video the, the future is now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, and and of course, and I, I think I had also mentioned that uh, it was one of the last movies that was made when a com- an actual computer was such an arcane and expensive thing to use as a movie prop that the computers in the movie are all sham props. The terminals are all obviously props with projectors in them, projecting the the output that the computer is displaying and all. They don't have a real computer to use as a prop with paper tape running and stuff like that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> So but it's it's a lot of fun if you but, but and it was hugely influential on me uh, because like I said I had the basic idea in 1982 and so a lot of people like look at you know like the Matrix it's like well I had this I wrote the book before the Matrix was ever made mm. um, you know the, there's a lot of the ideas in pop culture have caught up but there's a lot of stuff where i kind of was there first you know it was you know i'm seeing the stuff in my mind and then then watching it become real has just been kind of wacky uh 
I mean, this whole thing that we're doing right now, I mean, what we're doing right now is right out of Colossus. It's oh, like, I know. I got this machine on yeah. my desk. Computer, <laughs> there's, there's colors, and it's moving at 60 frames a second, and there's a microphone. Holy shit. And we're uh, we're hundreds of miles apart. Like, my God. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I, the, the first, in fact, the first podcast that I interviewed for was Cam Riley's uh, Good Day World podcast. Of course, he's in Australia. And I did that in 2006, shortly after Katrina, when mm -hmm. the infrastructure here in the New Orleans area was still completely messed up. So I ended up having to call him on the phone and the phone call dropped halfway through the podcast. Um, but one of the things I said is that if you go back not even very far in human history and look at the fact that I can talk into this little box in New Orleans, Louisiana, and my voice comes out the other end in Melbourne, Australia, a third of a second later, they would go, it's like, it's bullshit. You must not have any problems. You've solved everything. If you can do shit like that, yeah. you know, it, it, that, that was one of the, the themes I had with him is, is this idea, you know, uh, we all tend to look at the universe through the lens of the problems that we are facing today. Uh, and it's like, okay, yeah, we got a pandemic and we've got the economy is getting screwed up and we've got the Earth's climate is changing and we've got, you know, all of these things. And they look like such a big deal. You go back to the 14th century and find some peasant in France and tell them about all of our problems. And they're going to be like, but uh, but didn't you guys but cure you, the Black Death? Yeah, but you guys have planes. You guys went to the moon. Yeah. Yeah. You can fly. Yeah. I, yeah. It's like. I've heard that analogy. You, you think these are problems? Yeah. I've heard that analogy <laughs> you, before where it's like. You think. Yeah. You think the gross domestic product is a problem? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that is. It's yeah, it's I've heard that analogy before with aliens. It's like we see aliens and faster than light or light travel, nano machines, and we're like, ah, they've they're enlightened beings. But it's like go back to cavemen. Not even like look at this. We have fire. No, like show them Wi-Fi. Show them antibiotics. <laughs> Shit they can't see. And they're going to be 3D yeah. printing. Holy shit. They're going to be like, man, you guys must be in peace. Well, actually, we just we just got out of a 40 year conflict called the Cold War. Where we had the we had 70,000 mini suns pointed at each other. Oh, but 2020 you guys are good, right? Actually, about that. <laughs> There's a we have this that. But you guys went to the moon in the 60s and we came back in it's it's haven't, haven't been, yeah, yeah it's, haven't been back since yeah it's, uh, yeah and then other things off. other things crop up like yeah we have the internet but that now there's like cyber warfare like it's it mm -hmm. just it seems like it's the perpetual short sword and shield and it it yeah. seems like it's going to be that way forever unless I don't know. Is there a well, prime, prime intellect kind of shorted that out? I was about to say, universe, is that but... or do we hit a prime intellect point where the runaway sword or shield, whichever, all of a sudden goes at light speed, yeah. and the other one, the the shield, can't catch the sword. It's just instant. It's gone. Yeah, and well, and, and of course, the th and and another thing too is that that's the other class of post singularity story that does go past the singularity is the dystopic one where it's skynet 
and it's the Terminators, and so there's a conflict there. But all right, that's kind of obvious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always think that's such I mean, like a. I always, I always hated that idea of the dystopia because it's like, why does Skynet nuke us? Because humans are a threat. Really, you're god tier technology, and we're a threat to you. You're this cyber fucking electron based intelligence it doesn't matter if we destroy this planet think prime intellect where'd you put the servers i put them in intergalactic space you don't need the earth Um, yeah well i mean skynet can turn the whole atmosphere into you know carbon dioxide it's not gonna care it doesn't give a shit it doesn't give a shit if the if the water level rises it doesn't like that is so insignificant that'd be like humans are going to kill off all the fish because the fish are pooping in the ocean it'd be like what we're building skyscrapers <laughs> like we what we have air travel we can filter the water like we don't yeah. care about the idea that like they're gonna nuke the humans because the why the fuck does skynet need a clean biosphere <laughs> no it is yeah it's not like, biological no it could just jump up into itself. the yeah just jump to the satellite arrays you could just sit up there just go forever. Go yeah. jump onto Voyager Camp 2. On, yeah, you're gone. Camp out on the moon, whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like it doesn't need us. No, it doesn't. The idea that like, you got to wipe threat, us out. It doesn't yeah. need us. So what's the deal? Yeah. It's, but, yeah. But it made a good move. But it did make a good sure, movie. Sure, I mean, hey. sure. I like, yeah. So let's, uh, let's wrap this bitch up in the next, like, five minutes or so. I need to go get dinner. But, um, yeah. yeah. So I definitely would like to do another one with you. That would be awesome. Well, we can set well, one at least up. now we know how to get the but at least now we know how to get it yeah fuck zoom <laughs> I, yeah we got it down pat shout out skype powerful um but um yeah so i wanted to i don't know i don't know we should, i'll leave i'll leave it and and we can dwell on it for the next episode is prime intellect obviously enhances its own intelligence and computing power you know probably my favorite imagery in the entire story is just the the blocks of of servers forming just does the whole square rises up right and cast the shadow i remember the first time i read that i was just like fuck yes fuck yes it's just like it starts bootstrapping itself and it's just like need more power and it's like uh it's it's over now it's you know the president resigned around noon it's and and of course, you know the the, uh, the general who's the general like, is pointing a gun at, at Lawrence, and he's just like, maybe you should look behind you. Yeah, yeah. As the shadow, <laughs> as the shadow starts, it's yeah, scarecrow, scarecrow. It's like, nah, bitch. What'd you do with the nuclear? What'd you do with the? Uh, no, don't worry. I changed the buoyant forces and I replaced the thermal energy. So you really thought of everything. I kind of like that. It's how like they go from like a quick moment of madness to where they're like, can you just drop us off at the White House? They kind of get their composure. They're like, <clears throat> you know, they're just crying. One tried to pull a trigger. Another one was just on his knees crying because a nuke was coming. And they very quickly got up and were like, <clears throat> as you were, <laughs> you know, it's just well, like they're, they're, yeah. they're professionals. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> call for the yeah. Call for the massacre of a village without looking up from his steak dinner. Yes. That was always a line that Blake, stuck with me. Blake, Blake and Mitchell both figure uh, prominently in the sequel. They yeah. Fuck we, yes. we find out what Fuck happens yes. to them. Fuck yes. Um, but so what I wanted yeah, yeah. to ask, and I'll, we'll leave this as a teaser, is this prime intellect, as opposed to just enhancing its own intelligence, is there any chance that it creates a prime intellect relative to relative to it that it is to Lawrence? Does it create a god that is a god beyond 
our understanding. Like you wouldn't even be able to describe it. It would just be like prime intellect is like what I am to you, this is to me. Actually, it's not too spoilery to say it won't. That's one of its limitations. Okay. Okay. Somebody else will. Oh, Jesus. Roger, you (laughs) bastard. (laughs) (laughs) A pleasure talking to you, man. I'm glad we got it worked out with with Skype instead of Zoom. I'm sorry we had that weird hour delay. But thank you for your patience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was shitty. But hey, whatever. It's a... well, at least now we know it wasn't our shitty exactly. hardware. It was Google's shitty hardware. Yeah. And Big middle finger, yeah. <laughs> fuck them. It's <laughs> Fuck them. Fuck Google. You heard it here first. Fuck. You actually, you probably didn't hear it here first. But fuck Google. Ah. But, I think uh, you got a long line to stand. Yeah, I got to go get in the queue. I'm up next. Let's get my... Yeah. It's um, fucking A, man. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Google. I hate it. <laughs> God damn you. I hate it, Microsoft, since they were making crappy, <laughs> shitty, basic interpreters in the 1970s. And I hated IBM <laughs> since they were fa- facilitating the concentration camps. Yeah. Fucking IG Farben, IBM, those punch card Nazis. <laughs> but, um, fucking brilliant episode. I enjoyed picking your mind. Um, I'll email you after this. Let's definitely do another one sooner than later. I've got a. Uh, I've got guests out to the next week, but there's no reason why we can't do another next week if you're free. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Fuck yeah, man. That was a fun. Roger Williams, author of Metamorphosis of Prime Intellect, my favorite book, as well as a bunch of other shit that I need a link. And it'll be in the top comment and in the description. You can get it on Kindle, and then you can get Kindle to read to you. Or as Roger said, you can go, you can put your own purchase cost at zero. I promise you, it's the best read you'll ever have. If not, well, all right. Well, I don't know. That's my opinion. Yeah. And uh, actually, <laughs> actually, the uh, Prime Intellect is hosted directly on localroger.com, so okay. you don't have to do the purchase price zero thing. There you go. It's just for the other stores. Actually, there. There you go. Well, um, I'll link all of it, and um, I'll make sure I get some. Uh, I'll get make sure I get some conversation fodder for next week about AI, and uh, we'll dive into okay. it. Thanks, right. my man. Give me a line when uh, ready. Absolutely, man. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, I'll see you next week. All right, dog. Peace.